Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, joined tonight first by Sia Najad. Sia, welcome. What's up, everybody? Everybody get ready. It starts Wednesday night, and I know everybody's going to be staying up all night for this thing every single round. So get your get your coffee grounds or your coffee beans, wherever your favorite establishment is, and uh, let's get started. Yeah, get your lineups in 13 hours ahead of New York is Tokyo. So if you're on the West Coast like me, do the math. That's 16 hours. Starts Wednesday night. Greg Ducharme is here. Hi, Gregors. What's going on, boys? Rick, you're going to be watching this thing over, over dinner. I mean, it yeah. might cut into your happy hour. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, I like it, that. It's, uh, it's on that side of the clock. So, yeah, interesting viewing windows. Um, and it's fine for Thursday and Friday. You get some, you know, before bed, you catch, a, catch the early aspect. Normally, you're watching the late aspect. Now, if you're watching the you know, the end of the rounds, you're you're altering your schedule big time. But the key for tonight's show, get your lineups in early. Get your lineups in early. And Sia, this is one of those, uh, you know, 78 player, no cut events for guaranteed rounds outside of any possible DQ or WD. So that golfer who has uh, potentially burned you with a miscut, he's not going to be able to burn you with a miscut this time around, but uh, should be fun to see all these guys in action throughout. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, you know, it definitely takes away the sweat on Friday afternoon, or I guess in this case, it'll be Friday morning, but that, that's both a good good and a bad thing. The problem is with this tournament, you know, there's a lot of unknowns in that 6K range. And so normally it's very easy to roll the dice with some of these guys in the 6K range because you just you, you know their upside. In this case, I don't know that we see a lot of guys that we're going to be like really happy to roll with in that range. That doesn't mean you can't roll with them, but it, it you know, it it's just one of those things. I, I built a lineup and trying to like max out the high end guys, guys in the, in the 10 K range. So I built one lineup with two 10 K guys, which I know we're going to get into in a second. And it did force me to dip pretty low, but I mean, you can do it and still say, stay in the seven K range for whatever that's worth. The other thing about this, uh, Greg is that we, have a relatively new event here. Uh, this this event has only been played three times, but of course, because of the pandemic, the 2020 version was held at Sherwood. That's in California. So this golf course, Accordia Golf Narashino Country Club, only two editions, the first and the most recent. So if you're looking at course history, uh, certainly keep that in mind because course history is different than tournament history. Yes. So um, if you're looking at your site, Rick, you can use the golf course and you'll only get results from two events. Right. If you're using the tournament history, for whatever reason, maybe it's easier for you to navigate. You're looking at 2020 and 2022. Um, I believe that's the way you have it filtered in there. 
So just important to understand those two years, the first and the third. Um, I was quite interested in seeing, well, one, your model, but two, looking at the guys in the top 10 in both of those two events. I think there's a very clear line um, to me. I I see a very clear line, but it doesn't necessarily spit that out in the data. So I'm very interested to, to discuss that. Yeah, let's look at the data. Troy, if you could share my screen, this is my website, rickrungood.com. I go by season. So Greg's right. Like when we go through this and you see something that says 2020, that was the 2020 season. That event was played in 2019. Of course, we're currently in the 2023 season. But uh, if you check your calendar, we are still in the 2022 year. So this is the most confusing aspect of uh, the, the wraparound season. And uh, Sia, Greg's right. And and I would argue this is fairly dangerous to look at uh, Uh, the correlated stats model on rickrungood.com when you only have two years worth of data. Driving distance, by far the outlier here. Number one, meaning there's no other course on the PGA Tour in which driving distance was more important. We saw plenty of gains from players for that season who were great around the green, but I say tread very, very lightly here. This is only two years worth of data when normally we have like a dozen years worth of data. Yeah, I think sometimes you want to maybe refer to some quotes from people who have actually played this course and lean on that maybe more than the the limited course history we have here. But with with all of that said, I mean, this this chart is very interesting, right? Because like we see nothing with respect to, let's say, driving accuracy percentage and everything. I mean, you look driving distance, driving distance, all drives, um, you know, going for the green. I, I do think driving distance. Well, I should say this. I think off the tee is going to be important here. I do think around the green game, bunker play could be really important here as well. So I'll probably have a slight slight emphasis there. I think the long irons are going to come into play here quite a bit. It's 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 an interesting card with the uh, with the multitude of par threes and, and only three par fives and mm. long par fours and short par fours. I do think that caters to maybe the all around game, the, the 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 golfer that's really good at everything. So I, I'm looking for that, but I I do have a lean toward off the tee and and a little bit more around the green than I normally would have. What do you think, Greg? Like a little colonial with the trees, the way it's pristine feels a little a little Augusta-y, like the bunkering around these greens. And uh, there's 36 greens across these 18 holes. I mean, this is such a unique golf course. And we have only scratched the surface in Sia's last comment about the, the structure with the five par threes, the three par fives, the way that the fours are either very short or very long. This is a very unique little setup that we're getting. Yeah, and it and I think Sia makes a great point with the all-around game. Um, and that's kind of what I see when I look at the leaderboards from the two um from the two starts that we've had here. So one, just to go back to your model, driving distance is the most important thing. But when I when I look through at what players did in the year before, so I, I looked at all the guys that have top 10 finishes and where they ranked in strokes gain approach and driving distance. Just those two things. Because the eye test tells me, oh, uh, this is iron play all day. This is this is all iron play. You're talking Tiger, Hideki, Sungjae, Rory, Woodland back in 2019. Corey Connors, um, you know, you got Ben on and Xander. And then in 2022, you have Hideki and Tringale and Hughes. Um, even Matt Wallace was 31st in strokes gained approach. You have a Keegan Bradley, Alonto Griffin, a couple of years ago before his injury, you have Luke List and Tommy Fleetwood and Colin Morikawa all finishing in the top 10. 
And I'm just thinking iron player, iron player, iron player. Um, now, they're not short by any means, but I wouldn't classify them as bombers. And so to then take the next step and put them in the category of all-around player, um, you know, tee to green style of player, I think makes a ton of sense. Think of the game of a Sung J.M. who came in, uh, came in third place in the 2020 edition behind Tiger and Hideki. They're good examples of it, too. <laughs> They're, they're all around players. They're long enough. Uh, they're great iron players and they have great short games. And, and I think that's kind of what we see as a, as a general consensus. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards iron play. I'll be honest with those small greens. I'm leaning iron play. Yeah, so if you've never seen golf in Japan, this is quite common where there are two greens for every single hole. Uh, sometimes they are different strains of grass, one better for the winter, one better for the summer. Sometimes that is just an opportunity to ease traffic across two greens and give one a little bit of relief over the other. So they tend to be a little bit uh, a smaller. If you do land your golf ball on the wrong green, uh, you get free relief. They're they're not going to let you chip or pitch off of the other green, so you'll have to take your drop. But we'll put a bow on on this scorecard here, Sia, because you kind of pointed this out to start. Five par threes, three par fives, but look at the par fours. It leaves 10 of them. There are exactly five that I would call short under... 425, but four of them are basically 405 or shorter. And then there are five that are skew longer on the PGA Tour, five over 486. There is no medium length par four on this golf course. And it's not like sometimes we see where every par four is uh, driver wedge or every par four is driver five iron or driver six iron. This is like you're you really are going to have to have command of everything here. That's true. And, and while there are going to be plentiful shots from, you know, 175 and above, 200 and above, and that, that actually factors in the, the par threes a bit there, too, of course, I, I think you're going to you're, you're going to have to have the full iron game. So, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I'm never super interested in looking at the proximities um, versus just the, the entire approach game. Uh, unless I mean there are there are exceptions to that, especially with wedge play. But yeah, I mean I, I agree with you, and that that kind of goes around to the to the all around narrative, which is kind of a cop out narrative. I, I get that because it's like, hey, you know, the best golfers choose them, but that's kind of what I'm looking at, like the full command of of all the clubs. Well, the best golfers are generally in the $10,000 range, and we are going to dive right into them. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, 
chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. This is the cheat sheet. And the four golfers that reside in the $10,000 range are as follows. Xander Shoffley, 10-8. Hideki Matsuyama, 10-4. Colin Morikawa, 10-2. Sung J.M., $10,000 even. Greg, the best of the best at the top of the board. We've got to start splitting some hairs. Where do you want to go? Oh, man. This range, I don't like. And the only reason is I don't like deciding between mm-hmm. the okay. four of them. Right? That you have more sense. Yeah. yeah. The, the guy that kind of stands out to me as a guy not to like is the defending champion uh and we know how that's played out over the last year yeah so that's, that going, kind that's of, going well for you yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i could rule hideki out on other on other terms here uh his his driver hasn't been nearly as good it, it's kind of strangely off yeah uh, for quite a while now which i mean you're talking about all the way back to the memorial uh he hasn't gained he hasn't gained a full stroke he hasn't gained half a stroke off the tee since the memorial uh, that's concerning to me. Um, I wonder if it's injury. I wonder if it's something going on in the golf swing, a combination of both. It's a, it's a bizarre thing, but during that stretch, you still see Hideki gain over nine strokes approaching the green and on two instances. Uh, and that kind of, that, that's what we call firepower. That's what we call upside. Um, and that makes him attractive, but he's the least attractive in this group to me. So I'll go with my favorite just to parse it out. And this is a feeling more than anything else. And it's just Colin Morikawa. I just, I saw you typing in Xander. I tried. I tried. I've got thoughts on him. I just have a feeling that Colin Morikawa is going to get a win for us here. Um, I, I just, it's a strange feeling, but you look at the approach numbers and it, there was a while where he was losing his golf swing um, but still, this year has been loaded with great approach rounds, even though he lost his golf swing. I think he's got his shot shape back. I think you're going to see a string of great off-the-tee performances coming in the next little bit. Um, I, I think he has gone back to a traditional putting style. Um, he putted much better at the at the President's Cup. Again, only eye test you're looking at there. Uh, but much better than he did at the Tour Championship. And I think you could see him... Come, come out and win this thing. I think it's a perfect setup for Colin Morikawa. Um, I, he's probably priced a little high. I, I understand why Xander and Sung JM might be a little more attractive, but it, I just have a feeling that we're going to see a, this is going to be a Colin week. Uh, I, I, I tend to be with you there, Greg. The six and a half strokes he lost putting at the Tour Championship, honestly, it happens. He does this all the time. In fact, yeah. he's a very bad putter at East Lake historically, and that has never stopped him. But like sometimes you're just going to get those weeks, and he is still an elite second shot player. He's had a good run of success at this golf course. I, I tend to be with you uh, that Colin is is at least one of the most interesting in the 10K range. Uh, but Sia, let's bop this over to you here for a second and, and get a second opinion. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's similar to Greg. So, I mean, I'm debating between three guys. I, I don't want to just X Hideki out, but if I had to choose three, it would be Xander, Colin, and Sungjae. And so I'm trying to I'm trying to craft lineups where two of those guys are in the lineup. So I'm going to have different combinations of, of two of the three of those for the most part. I think my favorite is also Colin Morikawa. Um, again, I mean, if, if, we're, if we're talking about approach play in particular, you know, it, it has rebounded, but also just if you if you go back long term for him, I mean he's clearly like the class of this field. So obviously any more, field, exactly, exactly. So um, I, I want to lean on that a little bit. You know, Xander between Xander and Sungjae, Sungjae certainly is going to rate out a little bit better for me than uh, Xander is, but they're both excellent options. So for me, it's you know the, the the ownership on Xander and Sungjae they're both going to be high but it's going to be flat i think mostly flat in this 10k range sort of the to me it's just a matter of the two guys you like the best and you, you go from there but it's if for me if i'm rating them it's Colin Morikawa Sungjae M then Xander then Hideki i have that same order re may i read you Sungjae M's recent results going back to the 3m <laughs> open that is a runner-up a runner-up a 12th a runner-up uh played well at the president's cup and then finished seventh in las vegas he's gained a ton of strokes off the tee he's gained a ton of strokes on approach he's gained a ton of strokes with the putter and he's slightly above average around the green that's about as good as it gets greg yeah yeah well i watched him this weekend and I'm watching this tournament and I said, he's going to win next week. He's going to win next Mike. week. And, and now he's the I, first loser. Yeah. Well, no, for this upcoming says, week, says the internet, one of them, one of them, he started in like 19th and finished runner up. First of all, in a 30 man field. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The guy don't, don't even, I, I can't, play that. <laughs> there's nothing. And I, again, I, I have a hard time explaining myself here. Why would I rank Morikawa above him when on Sunday night, I'm watching golf saying Sung J M's going to win the Zozo. Uh, that's what's in my head. He's, he's going to do it yet. I, I start to look at some data and I'm getting cold feet. Maybe it's just too good to be true. But Rick, I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you about Xander, because um, I. I mean, I, you can't find anything wrong with the guy. You know what wow. he did at the Presidents Cup. Where are you in general on Xander? Quite warm. Um, so the you, there was this really great narrative for a while that. Xander's like, you know, the prince of no cut events and JT's like the king of no cut events or whatever. And yeah. while that's cute, there's like a really good reason for it, Greg. And it's because he has no holes in his game, right? And guys that have no holes in their game, like Xander, who's just going to gain two and a half strokes to the field every single round, when you guarantee him four rounds, his name goes to the top of the leaderboard. Right. Like that's that's kind of the deal. He never really plays himself out of anything. So um, now he's got a couple of wins recently. He's brimming with confidence. We know when he goes to Japan, he's got plenty of good vibes and a gold medal to show for it. I I like just complete in a vacuum. Xander and Sungjae, I'm incredibly excited about Morikawa. Uh, I think as we get later in the week and we understand that he's probably going to be the lesser owned of the guys at the top. I think that he is an interesting kind of, I don't think he's going to be super contrarian, but like a different option at the top. 
Um, so those those three are my are my favorites, but Xander and Sungjae are just completely dialed in at the moment. Um, you know, the no holes thing is really interesting. And I wonder if there are again, I'm trying to put my finger on it. I feel like I'm never on the right side of Xander. But I start looking back through the year and the events where I'm on the wrong side of Xander, it's a 13th place finish, right? right? A 15th place, an 18th place finish. And I'm like, well, yeah, he'll, but he'll have this event like he did in Memphis. Okay. Well, not really. He really, he, he doesn't really do that. You take majors out of the equation and he's a top 15 machine. Yeah. Absolute machine. I only take majors out of the equation because we're not playing one right now. Um, and and it looks a whole lot more interesting when you take those out. He is just been unbelievable. But there's no area where you feel like he excels, um, you know, beyond everybody else, like it, like you do for Morikawa. He excels in every area, but but he doesn't. He's not the best at anything. So I feel like he never rates out really well and never rates out really poorly. And I, it leaves me in this, it's a get, is this going to be a Xander win week? Is this going to be a Xander T12 week? Um, I guess that's a pretty good line if, if those are your two options. Yeah, when the floor is T12, I think you you generally you generally get away with it. Um, the 9K Rage Sia, boy, oh boy. We start with the Phenom, Tom Kim, $9,700. Victor Hovland back in action, 95. Cam Young, 93. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood is 92, Terrell Hatton 91, and Corey Connors a flat $9,000. So how would we like to spend our dollars in this range? Not in love with this 9K range, but there are two guys that really stand out to me. The, the one is obvious, Tom Kim. And, you know, it's it's just one of those things where even coming off a win, I, I said this last week on, on a different show, like I, he's not even human. Like I, I feel like he's an actual cyborg or, or something not human that is just like he's a machine. And, and I... Really appreciate how tournament to tournament he I I know he has a chance to win, so I, I like Tom Kim. Am I going to fit him into lineups? Probably not because of what I'm doing with the four guys in the 10K range. But with that said, you could put Tom Kim at 10,000 here, and obviously that would make plenty of sense to pretty much everybody. So for all intents and purposes, you're getting a $300 discount on Tom Kim as far as I'm concerned. But as we travel down, Cameron Young really stands out to me. And if, you know, the the weird thing about Cameron Young is if you look at him on models, whether you're going back 75 rounds, 50 rounds, 24 rounds, 36, you're going to see these outlier performances. And I mean the negative ones, right? Like look at the approach play in in a few of these tournaments that we see here on the screen, losing four, losing almost five, losing over three. That's on approach. And then around the green, you see losing three, losing four. And then with the putter, you see losing five and a half, losing three, losing three again. But then look at the Look at the spike weeks on all of those. And there's more spike than there is negative. Off the tee, he's been consistent. But the approach game, I love the upside of this guy. Like the ball striking can get absolutely red hot. The around the green game, the short game in general, the putter can get absolutely red hot. And I, I really think he has win equity in this tournament. And, and that's why at 9,300, yeah, you, you can have one of those, those days where all the red shows up. But that's not why I'm playing tournaments. I'm playing tournaments for for the dark green that we see on the screen. So yeah. he's probably my favorite play just from a pure upside standpoint. So it's it, probably him and, and Tom Kim. I haven't really come around on Victor Hovland. Maybe that's because of the bunker play, the around the green play that I think is going to factor in here. And I just don't know how to gauge Hovland at this point. Um 
outside of that, I'm not really like I thought about Fleetwood. I thought about Connors. I don't think I can get there with them. Cam Young, uh, I don't know if you saw that when I was on his profile, but he gains double digit strokes from T to green a lot, which like five of his last 10, which is generally an elite, elite thing to look at. And obviously when he does it, uh, the results have followed. Okay, Greg, uh, we've got a couple of names uh, ticked off here in in the $9,000 range, but I'd like your opinion. Well, here we go again. I'm kind of with Sia on a couple of fronts. Uh, Start with Cam Young. You know, I'm looking at some of these deep red numbers. um, And you think about the memorial. He shot like 100 on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. That's a bizarre round. I mean, I think if I remember correctly, he was in contention. He shot like 84 on Sunday of the memorial. Never that was that's like one of the weirdest things we've seen in quite some time (laughs) all year. This it was the strangest round of golf. I, you know, without watching it, all of a sudden you see Cam Young shot 84. I I was sure that we were going to have an injury come out after that. We never we never heard anything. Um, but so I, I, I rule that out the Scottish Open. I, I rule that out. You know, it was his first event over there. He's not an experienced Lynx player. I, I take that and I rule it out. And he pulled a Colin Morikawa and almost won the Open the very uh, the very next week. Um, and other than that, you're talking about the deep green. So I look at Cam Young as exactly what your regression model shows as, as being important, right? He's the yeah. probably the best driver in the field. Whatever you think of that driving distance metric, well, you know, Cam Young's the guy for that. Um, it's not Cam Champ, it's Cam Young. And it, I think that his iron play has the the potential, the upside, the the big hits a lot more than it has the greens. And so for that reason, he's a much better iron player than he ever rates out, in my opinion. Um, and I think he has the, the ability and the potential to make everything he looks at too. So this is a complete player who's very worth playing. Um, and quite frankly... I think he's probably a lot. He and Tom Kim are probably the only two guys that are worth playing in this field. I just don't know where Tom Kim's ownership is going to be, but I'm not worried about him coming off of a win. Uh, and I'm not worried about any area of his game at all. He checks every box. It's, it's, it's incredible. Fleetwood and Hovland. I haven't quite figured out yet. Uh, I'm generally okay with Fleetwood. He's been he's been probably a lot better than he hasn't been amazing, but I think he's been a lot better than people would have realized. I think he got written off a lot. Um, basically, COVID. I mean, he remember when we came back from the COVID shutdown, he was he just wasn't good and he just didn't have it and he didn't play well. We are fairly far removed from that. You know, he's gained strokes T to green basically every event. Back to the Players Championship, uh, very well rounded approach here. His his two finishes at this golf course are 22nd and 7th. I'm I'm much more comfortable with Tommy Fleetwood than I have been in a long time. I like it. I mean, I I understand where you come from with it. It's just he doesn't have the deep green no. uh, you know that that CEO is talking about. Um he doesn't really have deep red either, but it's it's just it, it's not quite popping where you don't look at him and say oh, Tommy Fleetwood's striping it right now. <laughs> Um, and that's, you know, I, at ninety two hundred. I mean, I would you rather take Siwoo Kim or Tommy Fleetwood? I think that's a really interesting question. 
Mm. Siwoo Kim, he's in the $8,000 range. We're going to get to him and all his friends that are cheaper. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. And we're back. $8,000 range. Things are heating up here. Keegan Bradley, Siwoo Kim, Sahith Tagala, Tom Hoagie, Cameron Davis, Maverick McNeely. And we rounded out Sia with Mito, Scott Stallings, Sebastian Munoz, Christian Bezadenhout, and Davis Riley. Okay, okay. We've got some options here. Where are we going? Yeah, uh, Keegan's interesting. And honestly, like, you know, the more I think about it, I, th- there's been some good course history people here like keegan um fleetwood i believe i'm not looking at it right now fleetwood uh cory connors yeah. obviously certainly has and and they, they kind of have the like a very similar mold so so i just wonder if that narrative is going to play here is end up going to coming to fruition and some of these ball strikers uh and and solid approach players are going to have success here with that said he wasn't one of the guys like i do like keegan but he wasn't one of the guys i, I had circled necessarily i'm again i'm kind of going for upside here and I played this guy last week. I talked about him last week. It's Mito Pereira. Uh, I, the, again, you're, you're looking for the upside when it comes to ball striking. You're looking at his, his long-term form more than you're looking perhaps at his short-term for, form. And he rates out really, really well. If you're concerned about the long irons, he's he's great there too. But look at the spikes on the approach play. I mean, we saw obviously at the Shriners over nine strokes on approach. But even before that, he was really, really picking it up on approach. And we know the off the tee game can get there, even though it hasn't really been there in quite some time, including last week. So the putter, it does worry me. You know, he gained last week but we've seen sort of unsuccessful putters be successful here uh, in a small sample size. So Mito's one for me, uh, uh, one that's pretty scary for me and probably the only other one, the only other one that I like other than, you know, mentioning Keegan, I'll mention uh, Cameron Davis too. I think, I think he's a pretty good call, but Scott Stallings makes me really nervous, but I do think he has upside and we know he's been playing really well. Um, certainly good with the long irons as well. I don't want to overemphasize that, but good with the long irons, uh, good on bent grass. And he's just been playing really hot. I mean, that tour championship, man, that just, that just jumps out at me every time. But other than that, and which is why he won't rate out well in models, by the way, no matter Correct. how far back you go. But yeah. if, you, if you look at the ball striking 
other than that tournament in particular, it's immaculate. I mean, this is the ball striking of a, of a top 15 player in the world outside of, obviously, that one event. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do this, but if you remove the 14 strokes he lost to the Tour Championship, he's like one of the best players in the field over his last over their last six starts. But you're right; even if you go back um, six rounds or eight rounds or 24 rounds, that minus 14 starts to weigh uh, all the models down quite a bit. So mm-hmm. certainly uh, keep that in mind. Uh, there was something about Cameron Davis. I mentioned. I don't know if you were going there. Yes. Mm, I can't think of it. Greg, this 8K range uh, has Siwoo, who you kind of alluded to in yeah. uh, in the last segment, has a couple of other interesting options. We're seeing Munoz for the first time since the President's Cup. Where where would you like to go here? Uh, Siwoo, I mentioned, is like priority number one for me in this range. Um, in fact, I would... I would skip over Cam Young and play Siwoo if I had to. Uh, and and again, this is one of those stories we talked about last week that came to fruition, and I think it'll come to fruition again, where he's taken a very clear weakness, mm-hmm. made a very clear and distinct change, uh, and it's provided very clear and distinct results. I, Greg, there is nothing I love more than seeing something happen on a golf course, a change happen on a golf course, and it be immediately reflected in the stats. And that is ex- yeah. like what we're what we're talking about is Siwoo punting 21 strokes with his putter over three <laughs> consecutive starts, changing to a broomstick, finishing fifth at an Asian tour event, being the top point scorer for the internationals, gaining two and a half strokes putting and finishing T8 in Vegas. I love that. I That is my dream when that stuff happens, Greg. Yeah, it's the best. I mean, we saw it happen with Aaron wise we saw it happen with justin thomas we saw it happen with tony fee now it's not always a putter not always a putter change sometimes it's a putter grip change sometimes Uh, it's an injury oh i I, my back hurts or like or whatever it's just i love when they match there's a reason there's a statement or a piece of evidence and the stats and the results match it's the best and this is what we have with siwoo and i'm eating it up I'm I'm absolutely eating it up um, now. So I, I that putter change puts him at a completely new level. And again, if you value putting at all in this event, not that I'm recommending it, um, he's going to be weighed down dramatically in the models. But that's changed, and and I think that keeps his price down. And I think it keeps you know attention down on him in general um, until now. Uh, you know how our conversations move to markets. That's right. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so he's top priority. I circled two other names. One of them was Mito, who who Sia hit on. The other is Tom Hoagie, um, who seems to have regained his strength, uh, which is the iron play. He's he's back. And, And I also love what I'm seeing with his driving. And that signifies to me that he's found something in his golf swing. Uh, when when you start to see the off the tee performance for someone who's not an extremely long hitter like Tom Kim and the iron performance start to match, this is a guy that is swinging really well. I'm starting to hit more fairways. I'm starting to hit more greens. Confidence is starting to build. Gained at least two strokes putting in, in the last three starts. Um, one of them was nearly four. Gained strokes putting overall in five straight. Uh, and And the iron play in his last... Five events. He's got an event where he gained ten, an event where he's gained four, an event where he's gained six. 
this guy's on a, he, he's starting to really get confident. Uh, and I think this golf course fits Tom Hoagie perfectly. Those three mentioned in the 8K range, Mito, Siwoo, and Hoagie were all in the optimal lineup last week. Uh, so Yeah, so they are hot, baby. Okay. Well, I don't like that very much. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no, it's okay. Some guys, well, it, it happens more often than you think that guys are in the optimal multiple weeks in a row. Okay. Seth like- Straka was in the optimal like three starts in a row. Uh, Max Homa was in the optimal like three weeks in a row. It, okay. it is not super uncommon. All right. Well, that makes me feel a little better. It just seems a little coincidental that all three are in there. Um, well, they also all didn't re- get like like uh, Mito got less than a thousand dollar price increase. Siwoo's up, but Tom Hoagie's down four hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, which is nice. explain that to me. Well, what's the guy uh, done? What's the guy done wrong? <laughs> I'll explain it. It's uh, Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, yeah. Colin Morikawa uh, those guys. But no, right. you're right. I think it is uh, still a soft, uh, attackable spot on the board, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you're probably not putting all three of those 8K guys in the same lineup. Um, but I, I think all three are very wise choices. Uh, worth noting, Sebastian Munez is back uh played very well at the president's cup finished fourth at this golf course last year 14th at this event at sherwood which is obviously not the same golf course nor the same continent but similarly strength field four guaranteed rounds something to consider the 7k range we are heating up now kh lee sep the man Straka, $7,900, goes down to Joel Damon, Martin Laird, Russell Knox, Sia Najad. You're up. What do you want to do in the sevens? So uh, my focus was sort of in the in the lower 7K range, and that was okay. that was by design because of how I designed my DFS lineups, just going really heavy at the top. But just, just addressing the, the upper 7K range, I, I do want to point out that I think guys like KH Lee, Sepp Straka, Lucas Herbert, are going to be forgotten in lineup construction. So I, it's just something to point out. KH Lee does have my interest a little bit. 18th place finish here last year. Um, I, I don't think the the course is going to be overpowering for him. I, I, I think he's an interesting play. Sepp Straka, we know what his upside is. Uh, Lucas Herbert, I, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other on him. I wonder if people are going to go back to Matthew Naismith. I do like Matthew Naismith. If he's really popular, I'm, I'm happy to pivot. I mean, keep in mind, this is a limited field. So what is it? How many? 75 in this field? What, what is it? Yeah, 78, I think, is the uh, yeah. 78. And for the record, the bottom of the 6K range, people aren't going to recognize a lot of those names at all. And to the extent they do, they're, they're not very good players relative to some of these guys in the 7, 8, 9, and 10K range. So my whole point is ownership is going to be condensed. But with that said, I do think the three names I mentioned uh, in the top of that 7K range are going to be relatively ignored. But a- as I go down towards the low 7K range, I, I like Kevin Streelman again. Uh, I mentioned him last week as well. He ended up finishing in 20th place. Uh, I think he's a pretty good course fit. Uh, His experience here is is average. It's not terrible. Uh, Bunker play is something that Streelman kind of shines with, so that's a a feather in his cap. But I do think he can keep it in the fairway and just generally plot around this course like he's going to need to. Uh, Matthew Wallace. Uh, good last week, fourth place finish here last year. I think his game has been trending upward for quite some time. We're just starting to see the fruits of that recently. And then Adam Svensson's another guy in that low 7K range that I think is interesting. Good ball striker. I kind of see him as a discount 
Corey Connors discount Keegan Bradley can get the putter rolling. Um, if you want to fit that narrative of just like the ball striker, he's certainly a kind of a discounted guy in that low seven K range that uh, could make your lineups work. Uh, whatever Sepp Straka learned about himself or his game after the Wyndham championship, if he could bottle that and sell it, he could retire from golf, Greg, because, <laughs> yeah. uh, that was six missed cuts in a row runner up at a playoff event T seven at the tour championship runner up and lost in a playoff at the Sanderson farms has looked like a, an entirely different golfer so i don't know what happened there but i'd really like to find out me too Uh, and again these last three events you're starting to see his what you see in his golf swing show in the stats Uh, and i've talked to him i actually had him on um, on a new breed of golf last week Uh, and he is so easy going, right? Nothing really changed. He didn't do anything dramatically different. There's no new putter in play like there is for Siwoo Kim. There's no answer to this riddle. Uh, but I, I, with Sep, I look at that as a good thing because I just I think he's been an underperformer compared to his ability through his whole career um, so far. And I think it's starting to his performances and results are starting to catch up to his ability. It's not like, well, Matt Fitzpatrick needed to kind of improve his abilities by getting longer. Mackenzie Hughes has to improve some abilities to start to compete. Max Homa has to really improve these abilities to compete. Sepp, Sepp doesn't. He just has to get more out of himself which is cool. And I think he's kind of learned something and in, in how to do that. So um, I'll be watching popularity or, uh, you know, ownership with him. If it's really high, I'm probably going to pivot just because there's still a little bit of shakiness. And are we going to get old? Is old Sep going to come back again? <laughs> or have we really, you know, cause it's really just my own personal opinion of what I've seen that I, I think he's figured something out. Um, but, and he may have regardless of what happens this week, but so I'll be watching popularity with him. Um, but Lucas Herbert, who's right below him, I think is kind of the sneaky play. I know Sia mentioned him, but I really like him. I wrote his name down regardless of ownership. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on it too, Rick, but I'm seeing the best putter on tour start to figure out the ball striking. And I think that's a dangerous combo. Will it help to know that I helped him find his ball on Thursday morning? Yes. Yeah. Now we're waiting until now. So here's how this conversation went. Uh, Well, we we were walking down one. So between one and nine. So he was playing nine. It's a par five. He hit it into the right rough. I saw it out of the corner of my eye bounce. No one else saw the spotter had no idea where it was. And I'm like, uh, I'm going to have to keep an eye on this because there's a chance that he never finds this. Sure enough, he never finds it. So I, I walk over there and I'm like, hey, Lucas, it's like, take like six steps forward. It's right there. And the lie was heinous. Oh, it was horrible. And he said, he said, did it bounce? And I thought to myself, Greg, I know what he's getting at. Yep. Uh, he, he wants to know if it plugged or not. Right? Yep. And I'm saying, well, I could I could tell the truth and say, yes, it did bounce. Or I could say, no, Lucas, it didn't, bud. Why don't you take your free, why don't you take your free drop? I have all, this power that I have in this moment. <laughs> right? I'm the only person who has seen this golf ball. This is this is incredible power that I yield. 
You could have said, well, why don't you pick it up and then call a rules official? (laughs) And then put it on the side (laughs) and then have the rules official feel around. Uh, I I told the truth. I said, I said, sorry, Lucas. Uh, It did. (laughs) And he said, that's all right, mate. And he punched it out. And I I don't know what he ended up making, but he was, I mean, he was like the first round leader. He was in it after that. So yeah, he's Um, playing great. Excuse me. Uh, I had Tom Hoagie as the first round leader at plus six thousand, so there you go. he was no most certainly not the first round leader. But thanks for letting, <laughs> thanks for giving me a platform to celebrate myself. Appreciate no it. problem. To the original question, uh, this is kind of an exciting stat profile, Craig. So you're right, yeah. Lucas Herbert. The uh, he has dethroned Denny McCarthy as as probably the best putter on 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 planet Earth, and he has figured out. The driver. When you are Lucas Herbert, you're not going to gain four strokes off the tee. But if you do what he's done here, which is anywhere from zero to a positive two, uh, that's all you need. Some weeks you get hot with the irons and you're going to have really good weeks. Other weeks, your putter keeps you in it enough. Like this is this is pretty interesting. And then um, I believe. uh, Oh, I thought he had history around here. He does not. But I, I, I do like the way that this is trending for him. Yeah, it's like a, a kind of a reversal of our typical model where right. you're looking for the spikes on the other side of the column. Um, but the what he's done with the driver is what kind of grounds me. Uh, and I say, okay, he's like, this is a guy who might not have it yet. Or maybe his, you know, the best of his abilities we're just seeing inconsistently. Maybe it's all he's got. But I'm looking at a guy that's finding something in the golf swing. And it's starting to show up on a consistent basis. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see his iron play catch up in, at a consistency level with the off the tee play. And now you have a really dangerous player, a very dangerous player who can putt the way he does, who's hitting the ball with some consistency. Uh, and like Sia said, this just adds fuel to the fire if he's going to be forgotten about. So I'm playing, I'm playing Lucas Herbert all day. Anybody else in the 7K range that we should uh, consider before moving on? Would you go back to Kitayama? Because I would. I think so. So I actually did. um, He started out hot. He made a a really ugly double at a par five, which eats guys up, uh, ends up missing the cut. But a lot of it, as you're seeing right now, was via the putter. I'm 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 willing to go back. He's he's also very good like abroad, right? Like this dude, he's well traveled, he plays well around the globe, had a bad putting week. I'm I I think I go back to him. Yeah, it's two in a row, two bad putting weeks in a row. Um but I I just think there's so much upside and I'm comfortable with that price. I, I think he could win the tournament. Um and there's no reason the miscut from last week doesn't scare me because of the way it happened. Yeah. I'd, I'd consider J.J. Spawn just from an ownership standpoint. I don't think anybody's going to roster him. And, uh, you know, he made the cut last week. He actually did well. I think it was 15th, right? Yeah. yeah. 15. A lot of that was with the putter, admittedly. But, you know, the uh, ball striking metrics are, aren't bad here either. And he's just one of those guys that tends to flash here and there. We saw the T8 at the Rocket Mortgage. And earlier in the year, uh, he was okay. So, just somebody to consider again. I'm thinking ownership. I'm thinking ownership's going to be condensed. These are some names that just aren't like super hot names that you could throw in, and, and maybe they could get you another top 15, top 10. Six case. See, I'll just bounce it right back to you here. We've got uh, some some familiar names at the top in Adam Long and Adam Shank, uh, maybe even Dylan Fratelli, and then we start getting into the guys that might have qualified via the Japanese tour. So at a flat min six thousand. 
Kaito Onishi, Mikumi Horikawa, Nayuki Katioka. How was that? Those are pretty good, right? Very good. Thank Very you. good. Uh, where would we like to allocate our funds in the 6K range? Danny Lee. No, I just wanted to go with an easy name. Okay, <laughs> so let's start in the upper 6Ks. I, you know, Adam Shank is all kind of always of interest to me. Did really well last quick on go Adam ahead. Shank uh, mm-hmm. because I just saw his name, Sia. Sorry. Okay, so for guys that have played this golf course both years he's like one of the top guys in strokes gate he finished t22 t28 uh which is three quarters of a stroke per round pretty darn good for guys who have played both years and see touted him last week as well Mm -hmm. uh, and it panned out so good call by the way Appreciate it. Yeah. No, I mean, he, again, he's a guy that can flash here and there. And, and certainly like what I saw last week from him. I mean, that's an incredible ball striking number. Uh, we kind of have seen that, though, right? We saw the 3M open. I'm obviously he had a bad putter during that stretch, but we've seen flashes with the FedEx St. Jude, as we're pointing out. If, you, if you're watching us on YouTube, the Fortinet, the ball striking was pretty good. So in this range, I actually think he's a pretty good value. I think you could put him at like 7,200, and, and it would certainly make sense to me, especially given how, how well he played last week and his experience here so adam shank is one uh a couple flyers you know i don't like this range too much uh brandon Wu, i think is interesting um he's one of those guys that like when he flashes he really flashes um oh boy but the approach play has been so bad lately but okay if we're willing to over if we're willing to overlook the last four tournaments we can we can clip this part out if you want see it (laughs) no okay here's the thing Here's the thing. I, I, I don't. Okay. So I, I look at long-term form for the most part, and I don't really know what it is last 75 rounds. I mean, I can look at it as I'm looking at my iPad right now, but it's probably not great, but there are, there is a stretch here where he was great with the ball striking and it wasn't that long ago. We're talking August, July, where he was excellent with the ball striking, both off the tee and approach. So again, it's, it's a flyer to consider when he gets hot, he certainly gets hot. Uh, but yeah, the approach play, that's that's not a fun scene over the last four tournaments um, at all. One thing just to kind of defend Sia here oh, with, with these young players, um, I, I think that is less of a sign of who they are as players and more of are they comfortable on tour? I think we saw that with Sam Burns coming up in his career. He really struggled with his approach play. Uh, and then eventually he figured that out. And now he's a, great play, you know, top 15 player in the world. Uh, And I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened with Brandon Wu as well. He was a great ball striker in college. Um, He's been great on the PGA tour. There's just, sometimes there's a learning curve. It might be something as simple as the strategy in approaching the greens. Uh, Maybe there's something going on with his swing. I don't know, but just in general with some of the younger players, I'm much more willing to look past some, uh, alarming numbers than I would be with, um, you know, a, a more experienced player. And you'll find in this 6K range that most of the guys, their ball striking, specifically their approach play, has just been really bad. Uh, Cam Champ is another guy I was going to bring up who has just had a horrific approach play, which shouldn't be a super big surprise. But if you are leaning on off the tee play is going to be really important here. Um, he's maybe you take a flyer on him and hope the approach play is, is at least decent. Uh, other than that, you know, there's, you know, I, as much as I want to play guys like Hayden Buckley, uh, you know, or David Lipsky, I just, I don't, I haven't seen enough from them short or long-term to really justify a position there. 
Gregory, you're up. 6K range is all yours. All right. Uh, I am, I've been a big Hayden Buckley fan for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's done very well for me. Um, now it, it's not win potential, but it's a lot of top 25s. Um, it's very high quality ball striking. Um, and it's even pretty good putting. The one thing that worries me is how it's been really good for the most part across the board, but the results just haven't given us that, you know, like it's, oh, well, he's good in every area, but it's a tied 24th, tied 19th. And I wonder, I'm starting to wonder if the ceiling just isn't as high as I thought it was for a long time. Can I tell you, I watched, uh, I watched him leave a lot of strokes out there. I thought he played pretty horribly, Greg. And when I went to check to see how he finished, I was actually quite surprised that he finished. Like, I actually think that's a compliment because I think he left. I think he left a lot of strokes out there, and he finished T twenty in Las Vegas. And the good news is, um, he has a very one very good attribute driving the ball. He's phenomenal, right? When you, he has not lost strokes off the tee since. Valero. That was in April. And some of these weeks to gain two, three, four, uh, that that's high end driver play. And he's a decent putter. The ball, the approach play comes and goes. It's just, it's, it's seems like he just can't get it all to click at once, but he has at least one very, very good skill set he can fall back on. And he's 6,800. So again, you know, especially if you're looking into a SIA model where you have two, two 10k guys maybe there's a world where you want to get two 6k guys in as risky as it might be well hayden buckley to me is a safer play 6k guy so i i i like him um and i feel like i've liked him every week so i'll stick with that just real quick greg and just just to remind everybody he gets to play all four days as well so i mean there's something to be said for that especially for a guy that as rick is saying like just can't seem to put it all together i mean i think maybe he comes into this tournament with a different sort of mental state knowing he gets to play four days he's a young golfer and i honestly like that what we just saw on rick run good is it was pretty impressive I, i gotta admit so yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of that. Um, and I have been every week I've been watching this every week and that's kind of what he's done. So I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that. How about this, Greg, real quick, we'll put a bow on Hayden Buckley with this last 36 rounds. He is a better driver than cam champ is. Wow. Best best driver in the six K range. Probably more phenomenal. Yeah. Um, phenomenal. But Cam Champ is just it 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 pains me. The fact that he's in the six K range in general, just this big broad stroke, just pains me. And I can't play. I you can't play him. No. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to go down that path. Uh, how about a path I do want to go down? Yeah. And that is, I'm very excited about Sam Ryder. Uh, I, I really liked Sam Ryder at the end of. Probably two years ago, he got a real good run with his ball striking, um, and it led to some great performances in the playoffs. I, th- I think he came in fifth uh, at the Northern Trust or something like that. Uh, and now we've seen four events in a row gaining strokes approaching the green. Uh, the last three of them, it's been over two. He's gained strokes putting in his last three as well, and uh, and five of his last six. And the results are slowly starting to climb in the right direction. I, I think Sam Ryder's one of the better ball strikers in the 6K range at 6,600. 
um, he would be, I think, another great play. There are, if you're interested in like some of the the Japanese tour guys, uh, I've got a little bit of data on some of them. So at a flat yeah. 6,000, Kaito Onishi uh, missed the cut at the Shinhan Donghai Open. That is the event that Siwoo Kim played and finished T5. And then he finished runner-up at the Asia Pacific Open prior to that. So a missed cut and a second place finish. I think the most interesting one is Kazuki Higa, who won that Shinhan Donghai Open. That's the event Siwoo played, finished eighth. I, I, I believe that he is probably the best of these options. Also had a, a, a T10 at the BMW International Open. There's a little bit of history here, but um, that's that's for like the very, very low-owned uh, deep cuts, if you will. I've, I've got one other sure. um, kind of name you don't know. Now he's higher priced. But he caught my attention as well. Uh, Rio Histatune, uh, I believe is how you say yes, it. Yes, here he is. Um, talking about a seventh and uh, at yeah. the International Series in Singapore. Now, at the Saudi International, you see he lost 22 strokes total. <laughs> yeah. He did. Uh, which is alarming. <laughs> alarming. And I, wa- I kind of wonder, well, all right, you're playing with some PGA Tour players in that event. It's a much bigger deal, a much bigger event. Is that the problem? But then at the same time, I'm looking at uh, an ascending strokes gain total ever since. Uh, And so maybe he's just gotten better and maybe he'll be more comfortable in a field like the Zozo or the Saudi international. So yeah, he was interesting to me as well, although higher priced. Anything else before we move on to our uh, narrative lineups for the week? Going once. Going twice. Okay. We can suspend all logic and reason for the rest of the show and we can enter our strokes gained narrative lineups portion. So thank you, producer Troy. All right. Oh boy. Oh, these are going to be so hard this week. I'm going to have to really be on my A game here, I think. Focus. Okay. Focus. All right. I'm ready. Ryan Hickey at Fantasy Bunker. He's already wishing me luck. Thank you. I, I, I feel like I'm going to need it. Famous Japanese companies. CT Panasonic, Amelia, Amelia Nintendo Grillo, <laughs> Adam Svensoni. That's great. Adam yeah, Svensoni is really good. <laughs> <laughs> this is good too. Mito Sabishi Pereira. Mito Sabishi Pereira. John Ha Anda. Solid. C. Fujitsu Kim. <laughs> that's six lineups. That's very good. Famous Japanese country. That's pretty good. I like that one, boys. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 I like it. Oh, boy. The Model Maniac. These are, um, I believe these are alcohol related. Yeah. Big drinker. Okay. Agori Iwasaki Bomb. Brendan Steel Reserve, Scotch Stallings. That's that's an all timer. Scotch Stallings appears in thirty five percent of all strokes gained narrative lineups. <laughs> Mitos Tito's Pereira, Ricky Growler Fowler. That's great. And Martini Laird. Okay, those are some new ones there. I like that. I, I like it. those. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh boy, Michael. Michael at underscore Hibern Hibernian. 
underscore. Japanese themed. Uh, okay. Reiki Fowler. Sapporo Straka. I just had a sup- couple of Sapporos the other night. Went out for Japanese. <laughs> Tonkatsu Kim. That's Tom Kip, right? I think so. Colin Mori Kawasaka. Asahi Deki Matsuyama. Mava Rikishi McNeely. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> All right, I'm surviving here. Next slide. You're doing great. Thank you. Uh, congratulations, Brent Harris, who has a four-day-old with an attached photo. Hat tip. I don't have a hat. Hat tip to you, Brent Harris. Congratulations. He says, uh, I have a four-day-old, so when I see Zozo, I think sleep. You know what? Brent, Br- Greg, Brent's sleep cycle might be so screwed up that he'll have no problem tuning in and watching this. That's yeah, right. I mean, we should almost have him on the show, you know, as our as our eyes. Yeah, he's gonna right. wa- he'll be able to watch the whole thing. Yeah, Brent, what happened today? We know you were up watching. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So he has a four day old. He's thinking about sleep. He says my schedule is busted, just like the TV times this week. What are these numbers next to these? I think that's the prices. Yeah, that that's the prices. Oh, okay. Wow, thank you. <laughs> Shoffin in my slippers. Keegan Bedley. Sebastian Munoz. Z, 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 Sleep Straka. Bouncing off the Wallace. And Joel Dreamin. Joel Dreamin's good. <laughs> I, I like it. Solid. That, like, yeah. uh, that should be like his nickname. Oh, boy. So, uh, uh, okay. John Markowski's done it to me here. John Markowski says that Zozo is a demon allegedly summoned through the use of Ouija boards. Uh, Sia, ha, when, ha, have you Ouija'd recently? Oh, no, never actually. But I was uh, always too scared to Ouija. Yeah, I um, just... I mean, have you ever watched the movies? Why would you I, ever Ouija? Yeah, nothing has nothing good has ever come from Ouija-ing. No. <laughs> That's Only true. bad stuff. So... John is asking us to summon Zozo right now, which feels like a horrible idea. Yeah, um, I, I gotta get, I gotta get going here, guys. <laughs> yeah, I think my internet's about to go out. Um, <laughs> I didn't know this about Zozo, by the way. I'm like looking it up right now. I didn't know there was like a demon legend, as I'm seeing here on Google. I, I didn't even read the front end of this SG narrative. I, I'm just gonna read it, and if anything bad happens, it's John's fault. Fair. I'm in. Here we go, John. Hi there, Mr. Demon Zozo. Before I down this bottle of Aaron Rye after yet another unsuccessful PGA betting week, I beg you to inform me who will be the cam champion in the tournament bearing your namesake this week. Yes, I'm fully aware I'm looking to Straka a deal with the devil, but I'm cool with that since a victory has been an Adam long time coming. I vow to make only a smally wager and I will not gloat about being the victor. Hovland on Twitter. Wow. Very nice. And the easiest to read. Believe it or not, summoning Zozo the Demon was the easiest. That can't be a good sign. I'm I'm reading up on it. You shouldn't have read that. You you should not have read that. (laughs) It's not great. This might be the last first cut ever. 
because I think we've all been cursed in some way. Uh, but thanks for sending those in. Fun as always. If you have uh, your own submission for a future week, the hashtag that we compile them at is SG Narrative on Twitter. Uh, that'll be a way to get on the show. Gentlemen, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Hey, but if you're if you're bored, go ahead and click on SG Narrative and you'll find all the old ones. There's some good stuff in there. If you're Ouija bored. Oh, I should have gone there. Man, I am. I thought I'm you were going to go a different there. direction with Ouija. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> what just... do you do to fend off the demon? Should I go burn a candle or something? What do we have to yeah. do? Yeah. We got to exercise these demons somehow. Um, Garlic something, I think. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to look that up too. Great. All right, boys. Uh, Producer Troy doing all the hard work behind the scenes. We'll be back on Tuesday for a mega preview pot. And I guess the Sunday show is probably going to be earlier in the day, uh, considering it'll end early. So we'll keep an eye out for that. But for now, Sia Najad available on Twitter at Sia Najad. Greg Ducharme can be found at The Real GFD. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.